Amen. If you need the Lord every hour, say amen. 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 There's a new song that's out, and um, I forget. I, listen, I heard it on the way in this morning, and I forget who does it, but it's uh, I Need Jesus. And there's a line in it that says, 24, 365. And so, I need Jesus, 24, 365. I think we all do. Um, I'm going to share just a, a moment, a little bit about uh, me, about my family. But I think what I hope happens is that you will think about your family or even your family that you grew up in. Um, as a child. So I was, um, I was born on January the 13th, 1958. And the day after, the day after, the nurse who helped to birth me, she was an Aryan, head of the nurse, the, the um, birthing ward, at Loris Hospital, and uh, she and her husband stood before a judge that second day that I was in this world, and they adopted me. You say, well, that can't happen. Well, it did. Between everyone and everything that fell in place, the doctor who helped my mom birth me from my birth mother stood before a judge. And they adopted me. Mary, Irene, and Jack DeFell are, were my adoptive parents. One week later, we were on the road in a 1958 Chevy station wagon. My daughter would call it a Woody. And we were heading across this country to Sacramento, California, where my dad was going to take his new duty station because he was in the Air Force. And we spent three years in Sacramento, California. Uh, my sister, who was seven years older than, than me, we both were in the back seat of that car. Uh, my mom said that it was her job, my sister Vicky's job, to look after me on that trip. Um, I guess she did, we made it. Um, now, as a toddler running around in the front yard, that's another whole story because she stepped on me and broke my collarbone. Um, but she was, she was a good sister and still is. Um, and she's probably watching because she usually does on Sunday morning. So she's either laughing or mad because I just mentioned that. Um, three years later, we came back to North Carolina. My sister, my mom, and me. Not my dad. My dad was flying to Japan uh, to serve a tour in um, the Pacific Theater. And so we came back to the farm that my mom grew up on. My mom was the youngest of 11 children, and uh, her family was the Butler clan, the Butler family. And on the farm that I grew up on, there were three of my mom's siblings that lived on the farm with us, not in the same house. There were different houses. Uh, it was a 500-acre farm. And my Aunt Opal and my Aunt Maud and my Uncle Nathan all lived within shouting distance of our house. And there were other siblings that were in the area. My Aunt Maggie, the oldest of 11, and my Uncle Vic, 
who lived just a, a ways from us, and my Aunt Letha. The only other living uh, uncle that I had was uh, Uncle J.D., and he lived in Florence, South Carolina. The rest of the, the kids had passed away at that point, and I did not know my grandparents um, on my mom's side. But in that community, uh, we would um, gather as a family. We would, uh, after church on Sunday, we would go to Ann Opal's house. And everyone of the family that could come, and all the, the uh, nephews and nieces, you know, all the cousins would gather, and, um, and we would go after worship uh, to Ann Opal's house. And often she would invite the preacher to come, and the preacher would eat with us. You know, that's still a good thing to invite the preacher <laughs> to your house to eat. Uh, you know, that, that still could be a thing. Just saying. And, and so um, we would gather as family. But the family didn't stop there. Uh, the, the family would gather at church. In Old Zion Wesleyan Church, there was at least 20 to 25 of the Butler clan that would, would be there every Sunday. And so the church was part of our family. The community was part of our family. We helped each other. We came to the need of each other. When something was going on in another person's family or when someone had a need, we would come alongside of them. Maybe your family or your community was that way. In fact, uh, in our community, I think everyone knew what was happening in everyone else's life. And of course, that can be good or bad because I think my Aunt Opal and my Aunt Maud were the best of those to get on the phone. Did you hear what was going on in such and such? So a little gossip, you know, would kind of pervade through the, the family uh, and through the community. But I, I say all that to say this. I did not, was not just in a family. I didn't just become a part of a family. I was family, and there's a difference. There's a difference from being a in a family and being family, and as we go through this text today, I think that you will see that. Paul is closing out this letter in chapter 16, and chapter 16, um, I mentioned to someone, and they said, how do you know um, that this is a fact? Just, just go and, and look at the number of sermons that are preached on 16, 1 through 16, or 1 through 24, that has this list of names. And, and Paul is just greeting one person after another. And I've had people say, why do you preach that? Why would you preach that? And I think that if God gave it to us, it has meaning, because it's his word. And secondly, I do believe it has meaning for the day. It has meaning for us. It's, it's kind of like when Paul started to close out this letter to a church that he had never been to, a church that he had never visited yet. He had not been to Rome, and he's writing to them. And it is so interesting how the community comes together even as they are separated because these are people that Paul really, really loved. 
They were part of his church. They were part of his ministry. They were part of the churches that he had planted. His love was not superficial. It was not insincere. It was not artificial. It had deep connection and appreciation for all of those who had been in ministry with him, who had come alongside of him, even who had protected him, as we will see in these verses. It was not that there was uniformity or unanimity, but rather there was harmony as these churches were moving together in one direction because they had something in common. It was not that the church in Ephesus looked just like the church in Corinth or Philippi or Colossae, or that everyone looked alike or had the same means or you know, same wealth or same background. But in harmony, they move together. It's kind of like Lori and Jamie this morning as they harmonize together. They are not singing the same note, but they blend together, moving in the same direction with the same music, with the same lyrics. And that was what Paul wanted in his church, a sense of harmony because the common factor was Jesus. The common factor in all of these churches was Jesus. It's beautiful. Paul loved it. Wasn't that there were some weren't issues, and we'll see that, but he believed and he loved them and he cared for them and he wanted to commend them and what they had done. And so if you have your Bibles and you want to follow along, and I'm gonna call on some of you to read some of these names as we go. No, I'm not. Uh, but if I murder these names, it's okay. Um, no, nobody will know. And if you think you really know, I'm not sure you do how to pronounce them. Um, because it's a lot of consonants and a lot of vowels and a lot of things. So just bear with me. Because, um, you know, you know if, um, if your children or grandchildren are coming up to have a place where they uh, are going to have children, I think they need to go to Romans 16, 1 through 24, and look at these names and name some of their children. Reclaim some of this. Listen to these names as we go along. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a servant of the church which is at Caesarea, that you receive her in the Lord in the manner worthy of the saints and that you help her in whatever matter she may have need of of you for she herself has been a helper of many and of myself as well greet Prisa now your version may have Priscilla because it's we often say Priscilla and Aquila but Prisa and Aquila my fellow workers in Christ who for my life risk their own necks to whom not only do I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Also greet the church that is in their house. Greet Apenius, my beloved, who is the first con convert of Christ from Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Greet Andronimus and Junus, my kinsmen and fellow prisoners who are outstanding among the apostles who also were in Christ 
before me. Greet Ampatelus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Eubanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and Stasis, my beloved. Greet Apelles, and approved in Christ. Greet those in the house of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my kinsman. Greet those in the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphenia and Tryphosa, workers in the Lord. Greet Purus, the beloved, who has worked hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, a choice man in the Lord, and his mother and mine. Greet Astrinius, Pergion, Hermes, Probeus, Hermas, and the brethren with them. Greet Philolochus and Junius and Nurus and his sister Olympus and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable and in your sight, for you are our strength and our redeemer. I pray, Father, that you would illuminate our hearts and minds for what you hold for us today. Through this, your holy word, we pray this in your name. Amen. Now, that is a list of names of men and women who were, had no thought that they might be famous. But think about it. These people... Paul mentions, and they for, are forever mentioned since the first century. As every time when this was read, their names were lifted up. Maybe if those in and around Corinth had known that Paul was writing a letter to the church at Rome, maybe they would have stood outside his door and say, I want to be listed too, so that I can be famous for 2,000 years plus and continuing on. But these were the ones that Paul mentioned. These are the ones that had been in ministry with him. These are the ones that were a part as Paul proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ. They were friends of his. Those who he believed had faith. Those who had proclaimed Jesus Christ. He is writing to those in Rome. He is writing with those in Corinth as he is writing this letter from, from Corinth. And there are others that he mentions here. And I want you, as, you, as I, I kind of share a little bit about the background of some of these, I want you to remember, Paul didn't consider them just a part of a family. He considered them family because of the common thread of Jesus Christ. In the first 24 verses of chapter 16, there are 33 names mentioned. Now, I only read through chapter or through verse 16 today. We'll pick up with 17 next week. But of those 33, there were nine of them that were with him uh, in, in Corinth. Eight of them men and one was a woman. There were 24 mentioned and others mentioned, and they were um, 17 men, seven women, and those were in Rome and then two households were mentioned. There were two other women uh, that were uh, mentioned not by name. And then there was the mother of Rufus and the sister of Nurus. 
and there were some other unnamed brethren. And so Paul is writing, he's giving us this list of people that he is commending for their work for Jesus Christ. You see, they were family to him, even those maybe that he had not met in the church in Rome that he had not visited. But he knew that they were faithful. You remember the first chapter of, Rome, of Romans reminds us that he is writing to a faithful crew. He is writing to a faithful church, and he is commending them for the work that they have done for Jesus Christ. He considered them family. So the way this particular chapter begins is with a, a, a young lady. She is a businesswoman, and in fact, it is a businesswoman who carries this letter to the church at Rome. It's believed that Phoebe carried the letter to the church from Corinth to Rome. Isn't that interesting that she bore the responsibility, this hazardous trip that you wouldn't make alone. Certainly there were those that went with her, those that protected her, those that went on this journey to Rome. But Paul calls her a servant of the church in Caesarea. And this is a port outside of Corinth. It's about nine miles east of the city. And Phoebe was a deacon in this church. She had carried on ministry in the church. We're not sure what the ministry was, but it was enough that Paul trusted her. It was enough that she's called a deacon. At this time, there were not deaconess, as we have uh, changed that word into, if it's a woman, it's a deaconess. At this time, they were called deacons, whether they were a woman or a man. And she had ministry in the church, and Paul trusted her. Her labor her spirituality, who she was. And he asked the church at Rome to receive her, to help her, because she has helped many, including himself. Now, as I mentioned, this was the first that's mentioned as commending in this chapter, and it's a woman, and there are other women that are mentioned in this chapter it is interesting to me how um, I have had those that have said Paul is a hater of women, that Paul has no use for women, that Paul has no place for a woman in the church. Paul writes more about women in his letters than any other author in the New Testament. Paul commends women more about their ministry than then you would even imagine, and how in the world would you say that he hates women? Oh, because he said women ought to be silent in the church. Oh, you take that verse and take it out of context, and you can make that as, oh yeah, Paul is a hater of women. No, he's not a hater of women. He was a supporter of women. He lifted women up in what they were doing. He commended them. He mentions them as he goes through these commendations in this text. We see Paul's family continue to grow. He mentions Priscilla and Aquila, 
And we know them from chapter 18 of Acts, and we know that Luke gives us an understanding of who they were. They were tent makers, and they had been driven out by Claudius, Emperor Claudius from Rome, and they settled in Corinth, and they became tent makers, their trade. And interestingly enough, they were introduced or came across a young man, a Jew. His name was Saul of Tarsus. And they invited Saul of Tarsus, who we know as Paul, into their home. Paul was likewise a, a tent maker. And Paul lived with them for two years. This was probably the first church, and it was a house church that took place in Corinth. Paul left after those two years, went to Ephesus. Priscilla and Aquila followed him, again setting up a trade of tent making, again opening up their house for a house church in Ephesus. Luke tells us more about this couple. They would, like Paul, would go to the synagogue. They would listen to who was preaching or maybe even offer themselves to teach. And they went one day to the synagogue, and there was a man named Apollos that was preaching. And they listened to Apollos preach, and Apollos was preaching John's message, John the Baptist's message, that there was one that was going to come that would be able to do these great things. And so after the service was over, guess what they did? They invited the preacher to come to their house. Hey, did I tell you that that's still okay? <laughs> um, so they invited him to come to dinner, and they shared with him about Jesus. And this man that was preaching John's message of one to come now preached the message of Jesus Christ who has come who has been raised from the dead. This man preached. This man made a difference. This man went on to Corinth and had a mighty ministry of the word of God. And incidentally, um, I would mention this too, going back to those who really don't like Paul, um, when Priscilla and Aquila are mentioned, they're mentioned six different times in Scripture. Uh, Priscilla's name is first four of those six times. And it's believed that her name is mentioned because she had the gift of teaching and evangelism over her husband. And thus, Paul was lifting up her name so that she would be commended with the work that she was doing and that they we're doing in the church. I mentioned house churches. It was not until around AD 300 before anything of a building where they went, like when they went to the synagogue, it was not until in the 300s before people would go to a place. Up until the 300s, it was house churches. You would go to someone's house and that's where you would hear about the Word of God. So we have Phoebe and we have Priscilla and Aquila and others that are opening their house, opening their house for the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And Paul is commending them. Paul goes on to mention two other friends, Epinius, which 
is considered the first convert in Asia and, you know, that first one that came to Christ under Paul in Asia, certainly he would not forget him. And he had to mention him and lift him up. And if you have presented the gospel to anyone in your life and they have come to Christ, I bet you remember that first convert. He mentions Mary, Mary the toiler, Mary the hard worker. Mary had the gift of helps. She may not have had the gift of teaching or preaching or evangelism or prophesying in any way, but she had this gift of helps. And so much so in what she did, Paul said she toiled for the work of the Lord. And he lifts her up because she's part of the family of God. Adronus and Junus, they are relatives of Paul. And interestingly enough, he says, they came to Christ before me. Think about that. Okay, these are relatives. So they had lived in Jerusalem, in Judea. And if they came to, to Jesus, to faith in Jesus before Paul, that means that their relative Paul was still killing, still approving of the killing of Christians, still martyring Christians before his Damascus Road experience. Because that's when Paul met Jesus. And so these friends, these family members of his, he mentions his own kinsmen who knew the Lord before him, and undoubtedly, these friends of his, these family members of his, certainly must have prayed for him, not only to come to Christ, but his ministry after he did. Ampetalius, he was a Christian, but listen, he was a slave. And Paul mentions him because he had such great ministry in Rome. He had been told about this slave that was in ministry, that was doing great work for the Lord. And he mentions him in this chapter because he is a family member of the Lord's. Eubanius and Stasis, we don't know anything much about them other than Paul commends them here. Apollos, Paul mentions but he says, says something about him. He says, kind of what we read in Psalm 26, Apelles was tested and approved in Christ. Now, Apelles in the Greek means called. And so this man was not only called, but God tested him. And Paul lifts up, even in the testing, he was approved. He was found faithful in all that he did. He mentioned other Christians that are in chapter or in verses 10 and 11. These who were part of the church and great in the faith. Aristobulus, believed to be the grandson of King Herod the Great, he lived in Rome. He was part of the political scene, but yet behind the scenes, he was a Christian. And he was a close friend of Emperor, Emperor Claudius. And Paul mentions Herodian and means that he had some connection to the family of Herod. And he knows that these are faithful members of the body of Christ. One of the most famous names that is mentioned in this section is Narcissus. 
and he was known to be uh, in Roman history. He was a personal secretary to the emperor, Claudius, but he was a slave. He was a slave, but a secretary to the emperor, Claudius. And it's believed that he influenced Claudius of how Claudius ruled the influence of this Christian in the emperor's household. When Claudius was murdered and Nero took over, Nero had Narcissus killed because of who he was and his household had no use for him. There was a band of hardworking sisters that he men mentions, Trifinia and Trifosus, and we don't know exactly what they did, but we know that they are sisters in the Lord and each other, and they are working for the Lord, Paul says. He mentions Pyrrhus as a worker for the Lord. And then he mentions Rufus and his mother. This is another interesting couple of pairs of people because Rufus's brother was Alexander. And Rufus and Alexander is believed to be the children of Simon of Cyrene. You remember the story. Jesus is on the Valle della Rosa and he is bleeding and is because of his weakness he stumbles and falls and a Roman soldier grabs Simon of Cyrene and grabs him by the, the arm and says, you take his cross, you carry his cross to Calvary. He was there with his children, Rufus and Alexandra, for the Passover meal. They didn't come to see Jesus. It just happened to be that they were there, and everything unfolded before them. But it's believed that this man, Simon of Cyrene, North Africa, he became a Christian. He influenced his wife and the mother of these two boys, Rufus and Alexander. And they were part of the faithful. They became outstanding Christians within the community of faith, enough that Paul would mention them here. There's a couple of other groups that he mentions. He mentions some businessmen of Rome who lived in bachelor quarters who carried out this ministry of Jesus Christ in Rome. He mentions faithfulness in all of these. And we see that as he mentions this society of the faithful, this church of Jesus Christ, this family that has come together but yet is spread apart, in and around Asia and in Rome and other places. He commends them for the work that they do. The faithfulness that is taking place, as he terms it, all over the world. Now, as they would know it, all the known world. These prominent Christians penetrated the society from bottom to top, from slave to the wealthy, from the rich to the poor, to those haves and have-nots. It didn't matter the status. They were going to proclaim Jesus Christ crucified and raised. Those in the Roman church and those in the Corinth church and those in the churches elsewhere, they were family. They were family of God. 
and Paul commends them for their faithfulness. They had helped him, and they were proclaimers of the gospel. And he closes this section to remind us that we are together in this. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. You see, this harmony continues. How we are to live out and grow together. We are to grow and mature in Christ. We are to love each other. It doesn't mean that, as I said earlier, that things are going to be uniform, that everything is going to go as we plan for it to go. We will have conflicts in the church, and Paul addresses that here uh, in the Romans letter and in other letters, how we are to address that. But when we are part of the family of God, when we are part of the family, you and I are brothers and sisters in Christ, and we are family, and there are things that are going to happen, and we are to pull together, we are to work together for the sake and the glory of God, for the sake of the gospel. We are to work together, not pull apart. We are to be connected in love and care for one another. That's what a family does. The definition, the definition of being in family instead of just a part of a family. You can be a part of a family and be ostracized. You can be part of a family and be cast out. You can be part of a family and not have a voice or a connection. But if you are family, that doesn't happen. If you are my family then you are not going to ostracize me, nor am I going to do that to you. And so Paul appeals for peace. And this is why he talks about this holy kiss. This holy kiss is not something that is impure or immoral. This is a kiss that we often see in some societies where a, a child will come up and kiss his father on the right and left cheek, showing the love and respect that he has for family. This is what Paul is talking about. We are to embrace one another. We are to have this holy kiss, this love and appreciation. This is family. That last part of verse 16 says, And all the churches send you greetings, greet you. We just so often pass by that. It's a huge statement. It's, it's a wonderful statement because it reminds us that the, those um, Jewish Christians and those Gentile Christians are working together for the right purpose. They care about one another. The church of Jesus Christ is to come together and be family. My family certainly had their differences as I grew up in a rural area of Columbus County. I would guess that probably your family had some conflicts as well. And the church of Jesus Christ has had conflicts from the get-go. People coming together, having opinions, 
But over and over again, Paul reminds us that as we come together as the body of Christ, as we come together, we are to be in unity together. We are to love each other together. We are to be the body of Christ that glorifies our Father in heaven. And anything less is just unacceptable. The question remains as we look at this commendation that Paul gives for those in the body of Christ to live in peace, to receive each other, to receive the greetings, to help each other. The question remains for us individually and as a church, will we, do we, are we doing as God has called us to do? Do we consider ourselves family? Oh, I pray that it is so. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this passage. It is a passage of names, but Paul has them there, and certainly you inspired for these names to be in the closing section of this letter that he writes. These are people that were faithful in the ministry, not only to Paul, but to what you had called them to, Father. We pray that as the body of Christ, that we would be faithful to all that you have called us to, that we would be in harmony together. We may not have same opinions. We may have some differences of opinions. But Father, we pray that you would unite us to glorify you as the body of Christ. May we move forward. May we have vision for what you hold for a church called Hope. Fathers, may we be proclaimers of the gospel of Jesus Christ in such a way, in such a way that we would be Christ-like in all that we say, in all that we do. May it be so, Father. We pray this in your holy name. Amen.